Hi, my name is Rob Burrell. This is the Greg Bennett Show. Any questions? Welcome to the Greg Bennett Show presented by Any Question. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and I've just had an incredible opportunity to speak to an absolute triathlon legend, Rob Burrell. And Rob, if you don't know, was probably the greatest triathlete, especially in Europe throughout the late 80s and early 90s. He went to the Olympics as a 42-year-old. He was the oldest on the start line, but he extended his career to go to the Olympics. And in this episode, you know, Rob shares his journey and his stories from starting the sport in 1982 and then, you know, his special win at the 1984 World Long Course Championships in Nice where he had a battle with the incredible Lothar Leader um, and he shares the inside story to that one, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we talk about Muskoka World Championships in 92 where he took third and, and just some really great insights into how the sport has changed, the athletes, the events and the equipment. And, um, and then we discuss um, you know, predictions for Kona Ironman 2022. And this episode is coming out just after that, but it is recorded just prior to it. So we'll see how accurate he was with his predictions. Always exciting for me to have these legends of the sport on. Uh, a part of what I do is I want to keep the history of the sport of triathlon alive. And having somebody like Rob Burrell on the show is very, very special for me. A little bit of housekeeping, as always. I like to just give you a big shout out and say I, I really appreciate you for sharing the, the show and sharing it with your friends and, um, and giving me any feedback. I, I want to make this show great and special. So please keep that coming. Also, a shout out to any question. Please go check it out. You can go ask a lot of the world's greatest experts questions. Um, we now have a dozen channels, 500 experts answering your questions all of those answers are already there so you can go listen to them so go check it out any question that's one word on ios or android and or you can go to anyquestion.com and uh, ask questions from there as well so until next time i hope you enjoy this one as much as i did and remember success comes to those who endure just one moment longer All right, today I am joined by an absolute triathlon legend. For decades, he raced the world, collecting world and European championship titles across varying distances. This resume includes winning the World Long Distance Championships in Nice, two fourth places at the Kona Ironman World Championships, four top five finishes at the Olympic Distance World Championships that include a silver and a bronze medal. And at age 42, he was the oldest to race the inaugural Olympic Games in Sydney. He's an ITU Triathlon Hall of Fame member and was knighted in 2000 by Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands. He is still very much involved in the world of triathlon as a coach, athlete, and consultant. And we even raced each other several times in the late 90s, and I can honestly say that to have him join me on the show is just such an enormous privilege and an honour. So welcome, and thank you for joining me on The Greg Bennett Show, Rob Burrell. How are you, mate? Great, great, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more and more uh, surprised myself by uh, the length of my uh, career and the... Uh the joy that I have uh, doing this sport. Mm. At the moment, I'm training hard to uh, to go to uh, Ironman Kona next week mm -hmm. and try and, and race uh, the uh, 65 to 69 age group. Mate, it's absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, when you, when you look back and um, 
at your career and, and you accomplished so much, you've still kept that passion, passion alive. You, you've, you've obviously stayed very, very healthy and very fit for the most part of that. Um, you know, 40 years doing the sport of triathlon, you're very competitive in your age group. What, what is the general consensus of, you know, the other guys that are in your age group that they're racing Rob Burrell? Do you ever get a bit of flack because you were a professional that you're racing amateur? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. But <laughs> I guess it's not fair to um, to uh, put me in the uh, pro division uh, anymore. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I I raced as a pro until I, I was uh, 42, and then um, then it was time to uh, to retire and uh, think a little bit of of my the rest of my career. Mm-hmm. So I trained less and I uh, had more fun doing it instead of chasing. Uh, trophies and prize money mm-hmm. yeah it, but uh, yeah some some uh, uh, age group uh, colleagues um, are not are not that happy but most of them are are quite uh, good about it did you have any time like you know you retired racing professionally in 90 uh, sorry in 2000 when you were 42 um, you did come back and still win another world cross championship title in 2000 and was that 2007 2008 2008 um, yeah, yeah yeah but it was a european title it was european. a european title excuse me yes so you did come back and, and you have that win and that was in the elite category did you take a little moment away from the sport or you, you just kept always training i i always kept training um especially because uh, my 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 friends and my wife uh, all um Hmm. asked me to join them and uh that that kept me in the sport and uh, and kept me uh, fit uh after after the olympics i i took a little break from triathlon and i did uh, mostly uh, mountain biking mm-hmm. as an age grouper mm-hmm. and, uh, and that was a lot of fun it was just a new sport a new uh, a new scene and um it was very exciting to to be focusing on on different things than just um, it, it was it was very opposite to triathlon. Uh, triathlon is very very um, uh, even um, uh, performance, um, and uh, uh, mountain biking is, is up and down. You you, you have to sprint little mm-hmm. hills and mountains and uh, recover in the downhills. Uh, you have to look all the time where you put your wheel and on triathlon you keep focusing on the on the on the far far ahead uh, there's no turns there's no technique involved it's just uh, it's just one one pace mm-hmm. so it, it it was nice to do some different sport which is uh, fitness wise uh, uh, quite close but uh, but uh, technically tactically it is very diff- very different mm. So that was fun. Are you still mountain biking now? Much? Do you get out on the mountain bike? Yeah, yeah. I, I still there's there's a, a nice forest uh, close by and a lot of trails. So uh, I I do uh, once twice a week. And um, last week I did um, I, I I was a mountain bike guide in a in a tour that took us from uh, the north of Austria, just on the German border, all the way down to the uh, to the uh, Italian. Uh, Dolomites. Wow. 
uh, all across uh, Austria, and uh, we we traveled from hotel to hotel um, and uh, over really nice trails and mountains. It was uh, wow. That was sounds amazing. Yeah. That sounds absolutely. I, I've been tempted to do events like the Swiss Epic, you know, the five or six day mountain bike races and that kind of thing. But I think what you're talking about sounds even better. <laughs> just enjoying yeah, the mountain bike without having a race because we, yeah. we have time to take pictures and, and yeah. uh, stop on on uh, uh, for lunch and coffee on the way and uh, and have a, a, a good beer at night and there's no race it's just uh, it's just uh, a tour from from one place to the other but still it you on the bike from from nine till four o'clock and uh, yeah it's, it's uh, it's a tough day. How, how you got to sign? Where do you find out more about that? I'm just asking for myself, to be honest. <laughs> That's something <laughs> I want to do because, like you, I retired from sport. I was 44, so much the same as you. And it was mountain biking that I got into, um, and I've really enjoyed the mountain bike. So, what, what's the name of the tour, and how do I find out more about it? Well, there's there's, there's a lot of tours like that in in, uh, in Europe, but the one I'm working for is uh, uh, Vasa uh, V A S A sport.nl mm-hmm. and it's all in dutch so it's uh it might be <laughs> a bit <laughs> difficult but uh, but google will translate all of it yeah yeah i'll go check it out i'm actually really i'm really serious about that i think that'd be very very cool now do you do you remember um we actually did race each other in in 99 um and and 94 yeah. world championships i believe but you know you were you had focused on the olympic distance probably more 10 years previous um and then you kind of made a bit of a comeback after doing having a lot of success in in Ironman and and world long course champs like I mentioned at the top and then it was like Sydney Olympics came around and 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 you pulled the trigger and what was fascinating about it was you know you raced these races in 99 and then I just went and had a quick look at your resume and in that second place at the World Cup on the Big Island in Hawaii, um, is that what qualified you for the Sydney Games or had you already qualified? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a real struggle to get there uh, because uh, the, um, the qualification criteria in Holland are, are very strict. Mm. Uh, you really have to be a medal contender to be able to, to go to, uh, to the Olympics. Mm. Well, that was Sorry. that was insane. I mean, Hamish Carter won it. Um, I looked at the result. Ivan Rana, uh, Simon Whitfield was in it, who ended up winning the Olympic gold. Jan Rahula was in it, who got Olympic bronze. Um, then guys like Andrew Johns, Andreas Raylert. It really was like a who's who. And, and that second place was was really an incredible performance. <laughs> I was like, you know, you, you would have been 41-42 there. I think it's one of the best performances we've seen from somebody in their 40s in a World Cup. Yeah, well, it was a surprise for me too because <laughs> up until then I, I have been really struggling to even survive the swim. Um, I also remember being in a race with you in uh, in Kamagori where you, where you were knocked out uh, unconscious, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, so, yes. Uh, And I, I was already way behind so uh it, it's uh, it's crazy how uh how intense the, uh, the swimming became uh, in in that period where i was mm. focusing on long distance and shifting thinking of, of retiring and then all of a sudden the the olympics came along and i thought well i have been in the in the very first uh, european championships all of them uh, in the very first uh, itu world championships for mm-hmm. olympic and long distance mm. I, I thought i have to be at the first 
uh, Olympic uh, championships, Olympic uh, Games uh, triathlon. I love that you did that, by the way. It's kind of like, you know, for you, you were, when I was a younger guy starting my career, there were certain names that really jumped out. Obviously, Mark Allen, Dave Scott on the American side, and Mike Pig, Scott Molina and that. But there was, on the European front, it was Rob Burrell. Like it was your name was really... And you were one of all of those people that I just mentioned then, you know, you were the one that actually said, no, I do want to be a part of the Olympics, even though it's gone draft legal. And it's, you know, I think most of that old guard were used to the non-drafting format and weren't happy about it being draft legal. Yeah, but I yeah. love the fact that you said, no, I'm, I'm going to go and I want to be a part of this. It is the sport of triathlon as it grows and develops and I still want to be a part of it. And I love that you did that. I love that you qualified. You did it well. Like you didn't just get a handout from your country. Like I said, you had to get a second at a World Cup amongst the very, very best in the world. And I thought that was awesome. Um, so I just want to celebrate that a little bit. I think it was very cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I have to correct you a little bit about European names uh, because after after the mid early, early 90s, um, we had a lot of strong Europeans like Simon Lessing. Yes, but they're all um, younger than you, Rob. Like they're oh, all, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're my age, you know, Luke Van Leer and, and Simon Lessing. And, and yeah, yeah, look, there's me and I could go through, but yeah, yeah. I still put you as the the godfather of the European <laughs> triathlon, a bit like I put Dave Scott as the godfather of the American triathlon. So I, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sort of, uh, you know, you guys, you don't understand the effect that you had on the next generation, um, which is me and Simon Lessing and that whole next group. We all, we all looked up to you guys and you guys were the first, you were the first to do, like you mentioned, the first long course world champs, the first Olympic distance world champs, the first Olympics, all of that I think is just, it was very, very cool. Yeah, well, it was cool to be to be there. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a big, a big, um, I don't, I don't call it uh, a discovery trip uh, for for all of us. You know, mm -hmm. you didn't know where you started when you when you went into the sport. It was also um, unknown and. Uh, uh, unbroken territory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I like I said earlier, I um, I loved your recent post on Facebook where you said, you know, 40 years ago, September 4th, 1982, that your yeah. life changed forever. <laughs> I yeah. love that. And, uh, <laughs> and I just had to get you on the show. And so what I'd love to do right now is to, to really, to just rewind the clock and really look at your journey. And, and maybe if you could just, you know, tell the listeners and the audience, you know, about how you found your passion and, and found your way into the world of triathlon. Yeah, yeah. Well, that first uh, race in in 1982 was it was uh, it was kind of a, a joke. Uh, <laughs> the, there was a rowing club that was celebrating its 25th uh, anniversary, and I thought we have to do something funny, something extravagant. And so they heard about this combination of three sports and uh, Ironman, and they they well Ironman is too crazy for for our club members so we we do just uh one one or two laps around the around the rowing lake and um a, a short swim and that's all uh, what they mm. what they were mm. thinking would be good for their for their members mm. but then all of a sudden uh, people were entering from all over the country and they were uh, because it was the only race uh outside the Ironman in Holland uh, to, uh, to to do these three sports. And um, 
everyone just went in to have fun, but because so many people entered, they they, they started panicking, panicking a little bit, or they end, added a, an extra rule that you had to wait five minutes after every every discipline to <laughs> collect your nerves and your your senses and. Uh, from swimming, you might faint if you go straight on the bike or catch a cold. So you had to oh, wow. have five minutes to towel off and to change your clothes and to to get used to standing up. And after the cycle, you had to wait five minutes to go running. And of course, it was a big uh, chaos to keep track of these five minutes. And the whole race was uh, a bit chaotic, but still. I managed to, to, to win it by a couple of minutes and uh, um, I thought, well, that's it. Uh, this is probably my last, my first and last triathlon because next year there's no there's no anniversary for them to celebrate and uh, uh, there's only long distance triathlon. So uh, uh, I'll go back to swimming and running and doing some back to my study. But then... Uh, the next year, they they thought, well, it's you know, quite lucrative to organize it because so many people came in. So they organized it again, and I won it again by this time 15 minutes, and I did another race, and I won it too, and and a third one. They were all little races and no no mm. big names, but mm. still, I, I I thought, well, it's this is really fun. There's more and more of these events, and uh, I try and look for a sponsor because it was. Quite expensive. I borrowed a bike, a racing bike, to to do the race. All these races. So I sent uh, I sent some letters and uh, uh, didn't get any response <laughs> until four months later. I get an invitation from Nike to come along and uh, and have a uh, a chat with 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 them. So I went in and I they said, well, wait here. The uh, the general manager will uh, will receive you as the general manager. I thought it was just a marketing guy that would give me some shoes and a shirt and uh, and come back after a year and show us what you did with it. <laughs> but uh, I was waiting there and all of a sudden this guy comes out who had won a silver medal on the world first world uh, athletic championships, 800 meters. Oh, wow. I thought, well, this is crazy. I mean, this guy is coming out. He's very famous, and I am the next one to talk to this uh, general manager. <laughs> so I came in, and he said, "Well, here's two big duffel bags full of clothes and shoes. And that's all for you, no matter whether you, whether, whether we agree or not." Wow. So I thought, well, okay, that's good. <laughs> that's <what I laughs> yeah. <need>. Wow. <laughs> How old were you, by the way, at this point? You're I 20- was uh, 24. 24. Well, okay. Already quite quite late. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's all right. Yeah, there was no triathlon before. No, yeah. And then he said, "Well, we are, we want to be the first uh, professional uh, triathlon team in Europe. There's the one in uh, in the US. It's uh, the Jay Davis team. Mm-hmm. Mark Allen was there on that. To be some yeah, fraudulent scheme. Uh, for, but uh, there was Mark <laughs> Allen, Molina, and Tinley, and all of these guys were in that team. And said, so we want to do the same in Europe, and we want to be the first team." And we have a, a professional cyclist. We have a talented woman. We have a, a young guy who uh, already won uh, two uh, Dutch uh, Ironman distant races. And we need uh, a third one. First, initially we had another one uh, we wanted, uh, but uh, he doesn't want to be in a team. He wants to be individually. So we found your letter and we thought, well, why don't we give him a, a chance? 
So I said, okay, uh, where do I have to, I have to sign? And uh, they gave me the contract and I signed before even talking to my wife. And uh, <laughs> I, I committed myself to doing a, an Ironman by the end of the year. And I, I, I thought, well, I sign, but they probably kick me out of the team because I'm not able to do these kinds of distances. But then the season progressed and I won and won and won and, and, uh, and I started to get more confident and maybe arrogant. To, I thought I was going to win this Ironman too, but uh, I ended up third. I, I, I completely crashed on the, on the run. Um, hmm. Two guys, Dutch guys, were, were faster. Kurt Madden was also in that race, which is uh, uh, still um, um, a very uh, uh, strong um, age grouper in, in my age group mm -hmm. so he's, he's also racing for a really long time and um, I thought well okay I'll probably get kicked out of the team now. but then he said well we, we're so satisfied with all the publicity and all the, uh, the, all the performances we will take you to uh, to Hawaii as well it's like okay wow. I'll have a holiday in Hawaii I've probably not recovered from my Ironman in Holland but uh, I'll I'll do that uh, that Iron Man as well. This was 1984. Mm, onto the Big Island, and uh, so I went out there and I just enjoyed it. I was relaxed. I I swam with dolphins. I, I was riding my bike under the under the palm trees and the coffee plantations and through the lava fields. And I, I, it was just a a big uh, a big discovery trip mm. during the race. I, I, I was swimming there and I looked aside and I saw, oh, this is Dave Scott. I'm swimming next to Dave Scott. This is crazy. This is going well. And uh, then I I, um, I was on the bike a little by myself, but uh, a motorbike came by, uh, a, a big camera truck with uh, with a camera behind. A helicopter came by and I asked, what's, what's going on? Well, you're fourth. You're fourth in the race. And uh, so I thought, well, let's see. Let's, Try and keep that place. So and I ended up fourth. This was the only time I I beat Mark Allen in uh, in uh, Hawaii. But uh, take it, take it. <laughs> yeah. I, I and then uh, after that race, I really thought, well, this is I, um, this is a sport where I belong and I want to go uh, mm. to be a professional for uh, for a long time. Uh, I, I love that. You know, you started off, you know, win, winning local races, which is what I tell a lot of young professionals. It's like get used to winning in your local events and then you can kind of sort of build out from there and and then, you know, getting that support um, from the Nike team pretty early on, it sort of established you to be able to have, you know, that you need that support. The, the sport, you can't do it alone. You do need that support. Definitely, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's fantastic. When when you look back at your career, are there, you know, certain moments that really stand out, like that were higher highs than than other events? What what really stands out? Well, well, this is this uh, first time Hawaii was definitely uh, an eye opener for me. It, it it gave me confidence. It mm. gave me the the idea that if I would train harder, I, I, I would be able to to be competitive with with the big Americans mm. was a big change. Uh, the year after, uh, I, I I did a training camp in uh, in San Diego with mm. uh, with Mark Allen and Tin Lee and Molina. And we we uh, 
we trained together, uh, which which was really great. It was a great eye opener how these people train because before I, I didn't really know what, what to do. I just I just copied people and listened to people gave me advice, which was mostly wrong and uh, almost killed me. But <laughs> but. Um, uh training with them really really helped me a lot uh, and, uh, and in the training camp we discussed the situation in in hawaii which was uh, this, the race was growing bigger and bigger and getting more commercial and we said it's it's time for this race to have uh, uh, some prize money for the professionals mm. and uh, the organizer said no we we, we don't it's it's for the honor. It's a it's a it's a big race, and uh, we don't have to pay you. So we all decided not to go and just go to uh, Nice that year. So '85, we all went to Nice mm. and uh, uh, raced Richie's other there, and that was the next step in my career. Where I was in Kona in 1984, I was still uh, way behind in the run. I've been working hard on running. Uh, so um, in Nice, we came off the bike. I came, uh, Molina was way ahead, uh, but I came off the bike with Mark Allen and Tinley. And we ran together for almost all of the 30K run course and shoulder to shoulder and tried to break away until the last 5K. Uh, I, I had to let them go. But still, it was, mm. it was really encouraging for me to be able to run with him that long and just uh, lose only a couple of minutes instead of half an hour and catch uh, catch Molina on the way and when I crossed the finish line they were they were all they were on stretchers and on uh, on IV drips and I was still walking around and feeling good this this was uh, a, a second big uh, big eye-opener for me that uh, that my approach was successful and I, I was able to, to really compete with them. And uh, what I love about you guys as well, it's like you would you would do these Ironmans or you would do, the, you know, Nice or, or whatever. And then the next weekend you'd be racing an Olympic distance world championship kind of thing. It was like you you're, you guys were, were covering all the various distances all the time. Yeah. We miss that a little bit these days. People have become very, very specific. But, um, I mean, a part of it is you have to. But yeah. Yeah. I, I also, you know, 1985 was a big moment in the sport where, where you guys said, no, we're not going to race Ironman Kona. I know Scott Tinley did, um, <laughs> but the rest, the rest of you didn't. And the next year, I think there was... It wasn't a lot of prize money, but the prize money did come in 86, right, in Kona? Yeah. Yeah, and it was an important step in the sport, you know, without you guys actually taking the stand and saying, hey, no, we, we need to, you know, support the professional triathletes. Um, you really set the path. Stand together and, and just uh, 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 be, be one voice instead of uh, have them uh, take advantage of, of the uh, individual um, mm-hmm ambitions of athletes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that there, there was real power in those numbers. I also love the fact that, you know, you had to work on your run, you know, and it took many, many years for it to really adapt. But it's amazing how the human body can adapt, you know, if you just keep pursuing something over time. Yeah. If you look at career highlights, if you were to pick, you know, your top three career highlights, what really stand out for you? And we've talked about 84 and 85, but what about, you know, the next 20 years? Um, yeah, is is yeah, there anything yeah. else that really stands out to you? In- I think the first win in 
uh, Nice in 1988. Mm. 1988 was anyway was was by far the most successful season in my career. Mm-hmm. But uh, I ended it with with uh, the last race of the season was uh, was Nice, and and uh, I, I won it, and that was really a big thing. It helped me get invitations from all over the world and get better sponsorships, and uh, so that, that was a that was really a big. Uh, moment in my career mm. then the next one was nice again in, in 1994 mm-hmm. the early 90s i had a little bit of a uh a drop in my in my career it was i didn't feel as successful as, as before and i had trouble uh renewing sponsorships so i i thought well okay 1994 it might be my last year. Uh, it's it's getting too difficult to compete with all the young guys. Uh, Lessing was coming up. Uh, mm. Smith was coming up. Um, the French were were getting stronger. The uh, English were getting stronger. Uh, Spanish, uh, German athletes were, they were coming from everywhere. <laughs> um, so uh, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do one more year, going all out and 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 see what where I get. So. I went into Nice 1994. It was horrible weather. Uh, the race was almost cancelled because uh, the morning of the swim, the whole swim course was washed away, and they had to put all the boys up again. The, the course was really slippery. Everybody either fell once or had a hmm. had a, a flat tire just because of the the, the, the wet conditions. And uh, I ran all the way with uh, with Lothar later, uh, <laughs> one Hawaii. Mm-hmm. afterwards twice until the last kilometer and then he asked me how much is how much is second place <laughs> and i said well that's fifteen thousand dollars i said oh, okay that's that's good for me no way and i thought well this is time to uh, to accelerate yeah. again and try and drop him definitely and then as i accelerated i thought well i i know these germans they have been trained in 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 tactical games and uh uh, maybe it's just a way to get me uh, uh, overexcited, and uh, and so uh, I looked back, and he w- he was coming back. Oh wow! Okay, I thought, well, he's he's probably counting on it that uh, that uh, I I have uh, wasted my energy, and, uh, and uh, so I slowed down a little bit, and I let him come back, and then I thought, well, okay, uh, he, he probably thinks he's uh, he's he's smart, so I accelerate again, and that was it. So uh, as soon as he started playing that games these games i thought there, there must be some moment of weakness in it even if he if he if he's just doing it to to get me uh, to get me out of my rhythm it's uh, it's still a, a a way of panicking or a way of not being confident yourself so i thought i i have to keep trying and i dropped him and i i i won and i was yeah that was it's still the greatest uh, title I've won, but also the the way I won it was uh, was just uh, terrific. I love that story. I love the mind games. You know, I, I love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, Lothar Leader. You know, I've got to know Lothar very well, and he, he's he's a lovely man. And um, you know, yeah. I, I think I can almost hear that conversation. It's tough, isn't it? It's it's a really hard when you get to one k to go, 
um, you're next to somebody and it, it becomes, the anxiety kicks in, right? You, you don't want to screw it up. You know, yeah. you don't want to be beaten. In, and what weapons have you got left? What, what, what have you, what strength have you got and where are you going to make your mark? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, and you got to know yourself, right? You got to know yourself and you also have to have an understanding of the other person as much as you can. Never yeah. easy. And so when you come out on top, it's like, Oh, yes, I got it yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and a lot of races you win and you win it. You already know you're winning yeah, it yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, miles ahead. Yeah. Uh, this one was just, uh, it was just in the, in the last couple of minutes I realized, okay, this is this is a world championship title I'm going to win. Yeah. How, how many, um, how close was it at the end? Did, did Lothar slow right down or did he kind of keep on you? No, no. It, it, I think it was only only a minute and a half between us uh, after mm. after six hours of racing. So it's, uh, yeah, it, was it, was, close. it was still close, yeah. And you, and you say, you did say, you know, the early 90s, you felt like you were, you know, dropping off a little bit. But I mean, you, Muskoka World Championships where you got the bronze, you know, with Simon Lessing, the young Simon Lessing at that point, you know, he was coming yeah. onto the scene as I think he was about 22, 23, I think. And, you know, 14 years, you're, you're junior. Who was second? Rainer Muller. That's right. Yeah. He was, exactly. he was in second. And I remember uh, we, the great Aussie, Stephen Foster, who we often look over in Australian history, but it was one of the real great Australian triathletes of that time. Truly. Yeah, true. Yeah. So many great names at that race at Muskoka. You know, just yeah. I, I was so disappointed of that race. <laughs> really, really, you were disappointed. Yeah. What, what, what went wrong? What, what was the reason? I don't know. It, it was just um, uh, I, I could live with Simon Lessing, but I, I thought I had Ryder Miller. Um, mm. But mm. then, uh, at some point, um, we we ran together, and and he 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 wasn't chasing uh, Simon. He was just racing racing me, and mm. I was I, I, I was still. Believing I I, I had a chance maybe win it, mm-hmm. I, I so I got a little bit mad at Reiner and then um, we, we ran together and then at some point he thought that we were going too slow and he he was going to accelerate and then he looked at me so as if he wanted to have permission to go because he knew I was a little bit mad at him for not doing any work and I I, I felt so uh, shot I I couldn't I couldn't accelerate so I I, I had to say okay well. Take it. I mean, it's off you go. <laughs> you deserved it. But the way he, he, he asked for, he, he looked at me. I, I, I thought, well, this is this is a truly respect for for older athlete, and maybe this is uh, this is what I should accept more that that people are looking at you as a, as an old uh, hero and not uh, not someone for the future. Now I'm I'm really proud of it, and even the the fifth places in in Avignon and the fifth place in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're great results, and, and no Dutch athlete has ever come close to that. It's funny with time, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah. I, I must admit, a bit the same. With time, I look back at my career with great, far more fondness than when I was actually in it. There was always when you were in it, there was I was like, oh, I got to get more, I got to get more, and then you look back now, and it's like. Actually, I did okay. I was yeah. actually, I did okay. And it's all right to give yourself a little pat on the back and go, yeah, it was all right. And, you know, yeah. that Muskoka race, I mean, when you look at, you know, Brad Bevan, Mike Pig, it was almost like that era, 92, was right when it was like you had the guys like yourself, the older guard, and then you had this next generation coming through with, you know, Brad Bevan yeah. and Simon Lessing. All the Aussies, yes. Yeah, the Aussies <laughs> were really starting to kick it into gear by around Orlando. Um, 
so yeah, Orlando, I think the Aussies went one, two, three, right? Um, Brad Bevan, yeah, yeah. Sim Foster and Greg Walsh. So that was, that was a big one for us, for us Aussies to look up to our, our hometown, our homegrown guys and see them do so well. When you look back at that time, we've talked about some of the great highs. Is there any kind of lows or, or, or moments where you look back with any kind of regret or where maybe you learnt more about yourself? Yeah, yeah. I think for long distance racing, too many times I have been racing other guys instead of racing my personal best. Yeah, mm, you, you, mm. You, you you want to improve. You want to chase ambitions and uh, and and win Hawaii. But it, it's it's not Hawaii is not about uh, uh, being faster than the other guys. It's it's about getting the best out of yourself mm-hmm. and uh, disregard all the others around you. So mm. you, you don't. You don't race each other. You, you just race yourself, mm. and mm. that's uh, that's been a long lesson. Mark Allen had been through the same process. He had been trying f- six or seven times to to win it, and finally he won it five times in a row. So this is it's 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 a, it's a big uh, uh, learning curve that you have to go through. And I never really mastered it until I became an age grouper, and uh, that gave me more more peace of. Uh, accepting that you're not going to win it and you're actually you can't even race otherwise because you don't know where your uh, age group uh, competitors are yeah right you just have to the only thing you can do is just watch yourself and there's younger guys and faster guys from other age groups uh, uh, going by Mm. that's okay (laughs) that was really really difficult yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I think, uh, but I think it's almost in your DNA. If you're a racer and there's the race, it's like you want to race, and it's like, yeah. but no, you just got to get. You're not going to get the best out of yourself if you end up doing somebody else's race. If you end up trying to, you know, beat them to a certain yeah. point, which is not the finishing line. Well, then you're not. You, you're only going to beat yourself. But it, you're right. I, I love that as a as a as a lesson that we can all take away. Yeah, as you, as you mentioned before, we. We used to race uh, all distances, so you were doing a lot of speed work as well. And um, this is a big trap because you, in a long distance race, you're you're getting so bored and so um, <laughs> yes. uh, restricted <laughs> and feel restrained in in your. Oh. You can go faster all the time, yeah. but you, you're you're not allowed. And uh, oh. and then someone flies by you, and you think, well. I can easily stay with him. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a little bit too fast, and and you and the drain your energy, and uh, and all, and then by the end, all of a sudden, there's nothing in there anymore. It's a, it really is a patience game, and uh, patience was is not a quality that I have either. And it's kind of like having to learn that and be like, no, it's not a time to, you know, to pull the trigger now. You got to just wait, wait, wait. And I didn't even like that for the half distance. It's kind of like having having to pace myself even for the half. I was like, oh, I just want to go flat out and then just hang on. And it's a a terrible way to race. Very unenjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay. It's okay. When you get older, it's easier because you lose your speed anyway. Exactly. You can't go any quick. You do. You lose your bullets so now you're just going to have to slow down. Well, look, there's no, no, no one better to ask this question to than someone like yourself. And, and that is really, you know, and we can kind of break this into three parts, but how has the sport changed? And, and, we'll, and we'll start with, with the events. You've seen the events from the early days, like you said, at the rowing club and, 
you know, trying to five minute transition timeouts kind of thing. And then to what you see now and what you, you're a part of now, what have been some of the big changes that you've seen in the events? Well, yeah, one, one funny thing is it's not really, well, it's, it's, it's a big thing, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not that important, but it's, it's just funny. Uh, the, the first time I went to, to Kona, uh, sponsored by this uh, Dutch uh, shoe uh, company, they paid everything for me. But but still, I I, I was I think the entry fee was one hundred and fifty dollars, and I thought it was crazy. How can you ask one hundred and fifty dollars for for just a sporting event? It just um, uh, and now I, I I qualified for for Kona in Nice, and uh, I had to pay twelve hundred dollars wow. to get in. Wow! So it's it's uh, it's almost the tenfold of uh, of the early uh, the early years. Yeah, everything has gone has become more expensive in those forty years. So uh, it's not that that strange, but uh, it's just um, an example of how commercial everything has become, how big everything has become. It has a lot of advantages. It's professional or it's more professional. It's it's safer. It's got more media attention. Mm. But uh, on the other hand, it's it's uh, less familiar. It's less less uh, friendly. It's uh, less personal mm. and, the, and the competition is really really strong <laughs> before you have just that five guys to 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 deal with and now you have uh, every race there is there's a hundred of them uh, training as hard as possible it's amazing uh those entry fees <laughs> i actually i just had to type into my computer you know what is 150 dollars in 1984 to today and it's actually four hundred and twenty-seven dollars. So basically, it's you know it's three times or whatever, two point eight percent. I think it's a twelve hundred dollar entry fee, and it really comes down to okay. Well, what are we getting? What do you get more now than in nineteen eighty four? And I think you, you mentioned a big one. That's safety. There's, there's probably a lot more uh, safety precautions throughout the course. Swim, bike, and run um, doesn't mean accidents don't happen, but that is a big one. Do you get a better shoe bag with stuff in it these days? Or <laughs> I mean, apart yeah, from yeah, the safety, yeah. yeah, you get you get more stuff. You get a, a nice backpack. You get you get all sorts of things, t-shirts, and yeah. yeah I think I still have that t-shirt from ninety eighty four. Oh man, you can put that on eBay. <laughs> you put that on eBay, and it'll pay for it'll definitely pay for your Hawaii trip this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, no, it's it's a big. Uh, big uh, thing to, to keep I, I like to keep things and uh, I still have the the first racing bike that I borrowed I I, I, I retraced it after a couple of years and uh, I have it on the wall in my living room that's awesome that's yeah. awesome that's like a museum I love it <laughs> my house is a big museum yeah. there's all <laughs> old stuff you know spare parts from from uh, from the uh, late 80s and uh, oh, you have to uh, you post some of those on your facebook for us or maybe you already have i need to go check them out uh, i'd love to see all of those i, um, I, I will yeah after after corona because uh, yeah yeah you're on your way off so you mentioned the athletes uh, you know are, are getting better than getting stronger you know have you kind of watched that each generation of professional athletes um you know what have been some of the big differences you see like if we look at who's on top of the world right right now you know the Jan Fidinos, the Norwegians and what they're doing um and you know there's, there's so many I'm, I know I'm missing a whole bunch of names right now yeah. um and then you go back probably to my generation which is more the 
I don't know, Hamish Carter, Simon Whitfield, Chris McCormack, Craig Alexander type generation. And then the next generation, it's kind of like, how have you, what have you seen in terms of improvements? Yeah, um, a big change is when, when the, the sport became Olympic. Mm. All of a sudden, uh, many countries had uh, uh, new resources from uh, uh, funding, yeah. Uh, for uh, to support uh, young athletes, to uh, to support uh, coaches, and, uh, and and get an Olympic program for uh, many years, consistent program to uh, to help young athletes uh, uh, be the best and and, and uh, have a talent uh, development program. And this this is this this is a huge step for uh, for even long distance because once they are ready with Olympic distance, they move on to a longer distance or mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. find out that they are better at longer distance and the swimming is not as strong, which is not a big problem for uh, for Ironman racing. If you look at Lionel Sanders, yeah, yeah. great without, uh, without a, a good swim. So there's, there's a, it, it, this helps uh, the sport develop a, a great deal. And then, of course, the uh, bigger races got also bigger prize money. There's, yeah. there's a big competition between uh, Challenge and Ironman and uh, PTO. Yeah. Um, there's there's uh, uh, Olympic uh, Olympic medals, uh, which which definitely uh, offer a lot of uh, endorsements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a, a lot more opportunity for young athletes to make a living out of the sport and which helps of course the the level mm-hmm. to rise mm. the young athletes i i feel pity for them because it, nowadays they have to be successful straight away in, in in a very competitive environment and we had a chance to make different diff, uh, mistakes and uh, sometimes be overtrained or injured and still be able to to be in the in, in the top because the top wasn't that wide. There was, mm. was just uh, ten guys in the world that were professional, and uh, that slowly increased and increased, and it got, became harder and harder to get into that uh, into into that scene. Yeah, you you make a good point. It's like uh, right now, there's so many opportunities to make money, whether you're racing super league style of racing. So the very short, you know, events, yeah, yeah. uh, to the whole ITU or the world triathlon series. And then you, you branch up to Ironman challenge the PTO. You know, a lot of these events have hundred thousand dollars for the win and they go down a fair way. I'm not saying you still got to be the best in the business, but there are a lot more athletes, both men yeah. and women. The, the, the fields are just outstanding. And the the amount, the speed, and the power that these young athletes are generating across the board, their week now would have had them leading any of the three disciplines twenty five years ago. You know, it's like they really, and there's hundreds of them. Um, so as much as I say there's plenty of opportunity, there's lots of prize money. You still got to be some of the best in the world to get to get that that money and 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 have a career yeah yeah but but it is extraordinary and and you know at the end of the day i I, you guys you know you guys set the standard and um for the next generation to come along and it's and, and it's been fun to watch you know personally i started the sport a few years after you but it's been 
fun to watch, you know, 40 years of the sport just developing and changing and growing. And a lot of enthusiastic people, whether they're event directors, race directors, uh, coaches, athletes or whatever, everybody's trying to make the sport better. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that are trying to put money in their pockets too, whether they're event directors or otherwise. But at the end of the day, the sport has improved. Equipment. Tell me about your thoughts on where we are with running shoes and, and the yeah, bikes yeah. that they're in these days. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, uh, part of the, 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 the uh, enormous uh, improvement in, in, in uh, performance by athletes is, is uh, due to uh, equipment and uh, scientific uh, development like f- uh, nutrition, mm. recovery, but also the, the bikes are, are so different from what we raced on. I mean, we, I remember the first, the first uh, aero bars coming in, uh, the, the spaghetti bars, we <laughs> called them. Yeah, the Scott DH bars and the profile bars. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. The pram pusher. It, it, it was very revolutionary yeah, and, uh, yeah. and uh, cycling didn't want to adapt it. So triathlon took them uh, uh, straight away. I think 1986, 87 were mm-hmm. the first ones already in there. And clicking your shoes on your bike yeah. to make fast transitions, uh, aerodynamic helmets, mm-hmm. we, we, uh, wetsuits. Mm-hmm. Even, I, I even remember that um, in, the, in the early years, like 82, 83, people were disqualified for wearing a, a neoprene uh, diving suit. Because <laughs> it was uh, unfair to put something like that on. Wow. And now we have, we have those wetsuits and we... High-tech, high-tech wetsuits now. We need them sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. You know, I remember my first wetsuit was a sailing wetsuit because I was sa- I, I did sailing every every Sunday, you know, just small, you know, flying ants, flying 11, small dinghy craft. And so my oh, sailing right. wetsuit had like big knee pads on it. And, and so <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that'll do. People are wearing wetsuits. Water's gushing in all yeah, the water's time. coming all through. I'm not sure it was a uh, performance improver or it was uh, actually hurt me, but... I mean, all of that gear. I, the, the the bouncy shoes that we have now, the running shoes are, are quite extraordinary. Um, they're just, yeah. they really. I think we've seen, we've seen. I think what happened, and you know, I might be wrong with my opinion here, but I'm going to give it anyway. Um, but I feel with the kind of cushioning that we get on the running shoes now, athletes are able to do more running. They're able to do more running faster and they're able to recover faster so they can actually put more energy into the bike and become a better cyclist as well. And so I think those running shoes have really been a massive performance enhancer for for a lot of the athletes out there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think I think you're right. I, I, didn't, I didn't really think about recovery, but all I hear about athletes running with them is they are they feel less uh, uh, muscle muscle pain and less uh, mm. uh, strain uh, when when they when they are finished. Mm. So uh, it also helps doing uh, larger volumes and harder uh, run sessions than uh, than before, mm. which of course helps you to get better. Yeah, yeah. And this is one of the things that uh, makes a difference between African and European American runners, Western European runners, mm. is African runners are so used to high volumes and, and, and fast running. Uh, they, they have a big advantage when they get, when they get older. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we never uh, can reach that level of, of training loads, uh, what they can handle. Mm. They started so, at a young uh, age. With those shoes, I think 
we can get closer. Compensate for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want to I want to just shift gear and end with um, a, a segment on opinions. So I'd love your opinions. Um, to this, there's probably no wrong or right answers. So <laughs> it's more just a bit of banter, um, and people love these conversations. So I'm going to throw it out to you. Greatest of all time triathlete, start with the women. Who do you think is the greatest female triathlete of all time? Uh, yeah. I'm putting you on the spot, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I still think Paula Newby Fraser. Mm. Maybe because <laughs> I was, I was uh, uh, right there at that time. Yeah, it's a, it's a close... Um, Swiss athlete who just Daniela Riff, yeah, no, or the, Nicola, uh, Nicola Spirig, Nicola Spirig, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that she's also awesome. But uh, since Paula was uh, the first to be so dominant, uh, yeah, it's it's difficult, yeah, yeah. No, look, there's no right answer. It's it's a lot of fun to discuss. I've had other guests throw in uh, Makili Jones into the yeah, mix, yeah, yeah, definitely, um, and Daniela Riff, as I mentioned, and. Uh, you know, there's a whole plethora we could go through. Um, Flora Duffy, um, I think she's up to about 10 world titles now and Olympic gold. Um, you know, so there are there's so many incredible women that we've seen do the sport. All right, mate, I'm going to put you on the spot now. <laughs> Greatest of all time, triathlete male. Who are we going to put there? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to say Mark Allen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he was... Uh, so all around and uh, dominant on on all distances yeah. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I have to give it to him. Hey. Even though after that there has just been so many names, and then I I think next would be uh, Jan Frodeno. Mm-hmm. But I I also respect uh, Dave Scott yeah. tremendously because he he was He's a pioneer. the first one to be to be uh, to be winning. Uh, Hawaii so many times. It's the first one to race Hawaii. You know, he took two hours off that record from, took it from 11 hours to nine hours or whatever it was and change, you know, in, in one yeah. year. And they said, wow, it's the first time it's actually been raced. That's what put, separates Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I said earlier, I, I kind of look at Dave Scott. I almost take him out of the conversation of greatest of all time and just say, look, he's the godfather of the sport. You know, yeah. let, let's remove him from that conversation. But I love, I love this this discussion because, you know, there is no, I think you've mentioned Mark Allen and Jan Fadino as two standouts. You throw in Alistair Brownlee, Javier Gomez and uh, a whole bunch yeah, of others. Yeah. There, there's so many, Simon Lessing. There's just been so many remarkable people. Um, I, I enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the problem when when you when when when, when the sport started, it, there was no history, so it was so easy. It was just you you had to look back two or three years and you know <laughs> who's the best. Yeah. Now you have to look back forty years, four, 45 years, yeah, to, yeah. just to take all these names in consideration. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's like. Uh, it's getting like all, all the other sports. Uh, yeah. Uh, you cannot compare generations, uh, eras, yeah. uh, and periods uh, too long apart. No, it, it's like you go to soccer or, or football, as you would call it, you know, and you have uh, Ronaldo, and you say, no, Pele. It's like, well, hang on, they're, they're, we got 
50 years apart yeah, or 60 yeah. years apart. You can only compare them when they play together. Yeah, exactly. It's One impossible. played with a heavy leather ball, <laughs> you know. But anyway, okay, coming up now, predictions. We got Kona. I think this episode's going to come out probably the day after Kona, unfortunately, but we'll see how right we are. <laughs> okay. Predictions uh, for professional women in Kona this year. Do you know the field? Do you know who's racing? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, um, even though it, it, it's very confusing with all these Ironman races all going on, mm. uh, you can win an Ironman and finish uh, way back in in, uh, in Hawaii. Yeah. I go with the, the, the favorites uh, from three years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that would be uh, uh, Daniela Reef, uh, Lucy Charles, and Anne Hogg. Yeah. It's hard to go past that top three. I mean, you got Cat Matthews and Laura Phillip maybe thrown in there, but um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 time will will be a factor too. I mean, how how long can you be on that level? And the young athletes are are pushing. They are coming uh, again. Yeah. So it, it's it, it, uh, it's very likely there will be a surprise uh, uh, athlete. Uh, yeah. For me, in yeah. in in the in the top. Yeah. yeah, and what about uh, for the men? Then I uh, I have to go for uh, Christian Blumenfeld. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just amazing at the moment. Giannis retired. Alistair Brownlee retired uh, from the race. So, from the uh, races, yeah. We, we're not retiring them yet. I think they still want to both come back, but they're retired yeah. from the race. <laughs> yeah, from this race, yeah. 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 Withdrawal, yeah. Maybe yeah. That's, yeah. Lionel Sanders, um, always... Uh, Entertaining. Uh, serious factor. <laughs> and uh, then maybe Gustav Eden, is he racing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah I, think, uh, I think there's some big names. I, I just had Patrick Langer on the show and I, I said to him, I always feel like he's just the silent assassin. You know, yeah, no, yeah, no one yeah. ever talks about Patrick and then he comes out and, you know, we, we look at Patrick, he's won it twice. He's gone third, win, win, and then a DNF when he, he was really sick in 2019. His his resume at Kona is pretty outstanding. He was the first man to ever go under eight hours with that seven hour fifty two. I mean, and it, nobody knows how to back end that marathon in Kona like he does. So it'll be interesting if we he can um, he can really deliver again on the day as well. Um, but mate, so many again the men's field. There's just so many people that can be players and uh, potentially win this year. But I'm excited for it. It's the first time we're going to have the women on the Thursday and the men on the Saturday. And what day do you race? The, the women day. <laughs> oh, you race on the Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, it's, it's quite um, – I, I like it uh, this way. Um, all the women waves are, are uh, far ahead. Then there's a, there's a almost half-hour gap. Yeah. And then they start with, uh, with uh, 65 and over – Age group man. Uh, oh, so you're up early. Good. And then I, so I, uh, I have a, a straight away. I have a kind of a impression where I am in 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 this field of uh, old guys. That's awesome. How many times have you done Kona now? And this will be the 14th time. 14th time. Uh, no, to say sorry, sorry. No, that was Nice. Uh, the 11th. <laughs> sorry, that was Nice. <laughs> 11th. I love it, mate. That's awesome. Well, I, I'm truly excited for you. Um, I'm looking forward to watching you race. Now that I know when you're out there, I can put you in my little Ironman app and, and track you and see how you're going. I've thoroughly enjoyed just this conversation with you too, Rob, just to, you know, I enjoy going back 
exploring the history of the sport and, and you sharing your journey and the stories. It's just so many great memories, mate. And I just truly appreciate you for coming on and chatting. The older I get, uh, this is this is really the last time I'll be taking that effort of going to Hawaii. And it's really great to to feel a little bit like a professional again for a couple of months and train like professional and yeah. really growing towards that event. I, I, I think that this this has to be the last time to do it on this level. <laughs> How many people say that? <laughs> and then, and then, then oh, I got to do it better next time. Um, but, but yeah, but, but also yeah, I, I'd like to focus more on, on, you know, getting the stories of the old days uh, to, to recollect them and, and, and show them and, uh, and take some time to, to keep the history alive because somebody has to do that. There's many people doing it, but uh, let me know how so I can many, help. So you know? many results, so many stories to be told. Yeah. And people seem to appreciate it. You know, the old black and white pictures and uh, yeah. the stories about the amateurism of the sport. Yeah, I, I truly do. And, and so like, you know, let me know how I can help get that message out. If that's using the podcast, if you ever want to come on again or whatever, let me know. Great. What yeah. are you doing apart from training for triathlon at the moment? Are, are you coaching, um, consulting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm coaching uh, only six athletes, but they're all uh, in the on the on the national team and uh, national top level. Um, Great, yeah. Contenders for national championships and uh, candidates for uh, uh, European World Championships. Yeah, well done. But also, uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm head coach of a, of a club, 250 members we have, and uh, it is from all levels. Just it, it gives mm-hmm. me great pleasure to teach people from to come in and just want to learn how to swim uh, freestyle or uh, uh, do their first triathlon up to guys that have uh, Olympic dreams. Mm. That's, that's a great thing. I had two athletes race in uh, Tokyo, uh, one one triathlete and one uh, girl doing the mountain bike. So that was, uh, that was great. Uh, well done. Coaching them. Yeah, okay. So the coaching's going great. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, Next to that, I'll, I'll I do those mountain bike uh, uh, tours uh, mm-hmm. about four four weeks uh, a year. Mm-hmm. Take some preparation and uh, and I'm and I'm organizing a, a small triathlon in in my town here. It it is also 39 years old, um, and it's one of the one of the classic races in Holland. And we try to keep that legacy alive and uh, just organize a, a low key. Um, race that's easy to to enter for uh, for mm-hmm. new uh, newcomers in the sport love it well yeah. mate the sport's all the better for you and everything that you've given the sport, both both as an athlete and as a coach, and you now sharing the history, um, which I'm all about and keeping it alive. I, I think it's fantastic. So thanks for coming on the show, mate. I really appreciate well, it. Thanks for giving me the podium and the recognition. It's really, uh, really fantastic to, uh, to be part of it. And um, I hope uh, the sport will keep, keep growing and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see... Uh, see great uh, great raising Kona. yeah i think we will mate well it's been an honor so again thanks for coming on for everybody listening uh you can find the show notes and timestamps and everything else at bennettendurance.com forward slash media thanks a lot for listening if you've enjoyed the show your support would truly be appreciated you can visit the patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice Don't miss the next episode, so subscribe and be notified. 
For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.